shared insights with the cast and crews of each production. For this episode, our first live recording, we wanted to hear from you. Following the matinee performance of Town, the musical, we invited the audience to join us for a talkback with the ensemble. And the discussion that followed ranged from politics to the privilege of peeing on your own property. Before beginning with questions from the audience, we asked the cast and crew to introduce themselves. Now, join them and us for the first live taping of Sharing the Experience. Hey, I'm Bruce Shaw. I've been doing this kind of stuff most of my life, crazy as it is. And uh, I'm a, a once prodigal Chattanooga. I graduated high school here and then came back about uh, 2007. So I started doing my activities and then worked quite a bit with ensemble two years later, as well as some other theaters around here. Jake Brown, I'm MTC's resident tech nerd, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's the sort of stuff that I enjoy, and I've been able to apply those sort of skills in theater. It's been a lot of fun, especially this show. My name is Cody Cowan. I'm from Chattanooga. I uh, played Bobby Strong in the show you just saw. And uh, I'm happy to be doing this because I just came back to Chattanooga and moved back back in January. So I've been gone for a while. I'm glad to be back in theater. Uh, my name is Noah Phillips. I'm afraid you saw me in Honk last year <laughs> <laughs> in the theater, so uh, you saw all these videos. Uh, I'm afraid I told you to bring your father, but Dad got a father, so uh, raise your hand if you know father. <laughs> okay. My name is Megan Cobb. I play Hope Gladwell. And I'm also from Chattanooga. <laughs> My name is Emma Collins, and I play Penelope Pennywise, and I am also from Chattanooga as well. <laughs> Graduate of the Professional Actor Training Program, and glad to be part of this cast. I'm Jordan Bennett. I'm also from Chattanooga. <laughs> I played Mrs. Millennium in the show, um, and I've been doing theater for about five years, so. I'm Brian Laskowski. Uh, I directed the show. I'm also a producing partner here with ETC. I've uh, been with the company for about 11 years now, uh, and this is my first time directing a musical. I'm Eva Fournier. This is my first time uh, doing a show in Chattanooga. It's also my first time being a stage manager. Uh, my name is Richard. Um, I played Lockstock, and this is my ETC debut, so I'm very excited. Hi, my name is Taryn Brincher. I played Little Sally, um, and I unfortunately have not been able to update my bio in the program, but I'm actually
and heading to Chicago, where I will continue my education in acting. Hey guys, I'm Gabriel Bailey. Um, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, but I came here to go to UTC to get a bachelor's in theater. Graduated in 2017, but stuck around because I love the city. But uh, this is my first production with uh, UTC, and I played uh, Dr. Below and um, Robbie the Stockfish. <laughs> yeah, there's like a lot of them. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Morgan Price. This is my second show officially with UTC, um, but it's my first time back. I did Avenue Q six years ago with them and then haven't done a show since, so I was happy to be back for after a while. I'm not originally from Chattanooga, but not far from, and I also graduated from the training program like a lot of us did. I'm Mariana Allen. I played uh, Mrs. Strong and Mr. Strong in the show. Um, I am another graduate of the professional actor training program at Chat State. Um, native Chattanoogan, longtime ETC regular. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kashawn Parks, and I am not from Chattanooga. As you can probably tell by my lack of accent, but um, I played Sunday Fit in the show, and um, been with um, working with ETC since I've been here for about four years. <coughs> I'm Joel Sanchez, and I'm also not from Chattanooga. <laughs> uh, this is my second year working with ETC now. Um, normally, I'm behind the scenes, but this is my first time acting with ETC. But it's been a lot of fun. I'm Kimberly Lacey. I am from Chattanooga. <laughs> um, I did a year of the THCP program, not two of them, I know. But I went to MTSU and got my bachelor's in music. And now I'm doing the Theater 119. So we'd love to hear from you guys. <laughs> 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 what, 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 and I do like the sound of it, so it's kind of fun. No to that level, but you still, there's still two sides. And 
something that I went through with my character, Lockstock, and I actually spoke to Ryan about this, is that in, in today's media and everything, it, it's very easy to place from one side to another a police officer. It's very easy to sort of put them in one category or another. And so one thing that I wanted to do differently about that, especially with regarding Little Sally, was Officer Lockstock is very much by the books that then, you know, he's with Cladwell while he's dealing with the uprising, but then when dealing with little Sally, there's there's a different a different side of him, so I wanted to explore, sort of combine b both of those aspects that we see in, in modern media today with that character. And I almost forgot, in this show that you just saw, I was Tiny Tom and Jacob Rose's room, and, and I said a few lines, of, and I'm afraid you saw me not pay. <laughs> he made it into the amenity without paying. No, I paid for him. Oh, oh. <laughs> Off to urine town. <laughs> um, I was going to say with the show, I don't know if anyone's aware, the show was done over 10 years ago in Chattanooga. Um, the theater center did it, and I was a part of that production as well. So it was, it was fun to come back to it, but back then in you know, 2007, the script is over the top. It is, you know, satirical and campy. It's, you know, silly. But looking at it ten years later, with everything that's happened, it really isn't that over the top anymore. With everything that's going on, so it was. It was very interesting to come back to the show, and you know, I went into it going, "Okay, I know what this is," and then I reread it and I went, "Well, this isn't that that too far off from where we are in the real world." So it just, it was an interesting take for me to come back to the show and have a different experience with it. It originally was a Broadway show in 2001, right? And it, it was relevant then, relevant in 2007, and now in 2019, it's just reaching a fever pitch of, of this show is the world. And I think to, I was going to say, to add to that, I think too, it just, what I love about shows like this is it allows you to think. It allows the audience to think about things a little differently and see a different perspective in a funny way, but it allows you to have conversation. And I think that's the most important piece about shows like this, is that you can sit down and have a conversation with someone at the table who might have a view that's different than yours, and really kind of talk about it and use the safe theater of the show in order to talk about some of these kind of tough things. So kind of adding to Kishon's point, for me personally, I connected more with the environmentalist side of it about water conservation and all of that because my mom has been a huge environmentalist since I was born so I've kind of taken on that from my mom and so I've always been like the person that's super aware of what I'm recycling what I'm uh, like how I'm disposing of things um, but what I to Kishan's point what I really hope to get out of it was not something for me to learn because I had already I'm already trying to make a difference, but what I could get other people to learn, if, if you know what I'm saying. Like, just because I'm like Kishan under, under the impression that the whole point of theater is to get people to think about how it relates to the world around them, and there's so many different examples of shows that I can give you, but I, my goal with this, with doing this show, was to sort of open people's eyes 
to to the sort of environmentalist side of it that we are destroying our earth. And if we don't do something about it now, it's gonna be gone eventually, and there's nothing we can do about it. I'll respond. Um, I play uh, a part in the show as Cladwell, who is generally considered the villain of the piece. Uh, however, the, when Lockstock talks about him, about the events that take place after the revolution succeeds, the people's revolution succeeds, it turns out that Cladwell fundamentally, though he was a, um, an authoritarian, which, and, and, which is nothing that has to be forgiven, those methods that have proven. And a shameless capitalist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> over, over years and, and many different occasions. Still and yet, the fact that he had a practical sensibility and a willingness to do what it was that needs to be done, as at least as forecast at the end of the show, actually produced a, a, a result to which they had to return and therefore the whole revolutionary cycle spun again back to what I call the right wing. The people's revolution succeeded to overthrow the existing uh, dominant culture, and then, sure enough, several years later, flipped back over again. So I guess the thing that I took away, my wife and I were talking about this, is I have always seen politics as a, uh, it's like a spectrum with a pendulum in the middle of it. And it swings left and it swings right, depending on what the needs are. But if you ever end up with it locked up, or swinging all the way around, so that you end up at one extreme or another, you're in significant trouble, everybody's got to suffer. Mm -hmm. So best keep that thing in the road and kind of swinging back and forth in the middle, depending on the needs at hand. So that's my observation and sin lesson. <laughs> and if I'm going to piggyback off you because you said, you know, Cladwell is considered the villain of the show. And I actually, especially doing the show so much this week, I see Bobby as a bit of a villain, only in the sense of not that he's acting in any malicious way, but he acts without thinking of anything, really. He just goes forward and gets everyone riled up to do what he's doing without thinking of any consequences. And I think they know that as well. Even in the Hackland finale, when he goes, you know, from every hill, that part sounds kind of evil in my, in uh, my, in my. He just so, keeps kidnap someone, right? Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he does. He, he acts without thinking, and it. I mean, it causes the end of everyone in the town. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, and piggybacking off of you too, there is two sides to every story. Mm -hmm. So, I, it's a very interesting piece. Yeah. Digging into it. So I guess while we're on this uh, political spectrum of the uh, QA, I guess uh, there is a line that everybody says that they can hail Malthus. Would anybody like to elaborate on what that means for anybody? <laughs> <laughs> He's an English uh, economist and scholar, and it was his, and you can kind of help me with this too. Yeah. <laughs> but as an economist, you know, he kind of had that, like, leveling things out, the pendulum kind of thing, which you can... A Malthusian condition? Yeah. Is his, his coin that's commonly used, it was made up by him, where resources are extremely tight, so yeah. a depression would be 
Gladwell had achieved his goal of keeping the pee off the streets and the water in the ground. So I wanted to show a very clean, futuristic world. One of my favorite things that you added, uh, a very modern update, was the signs that Bobby and Hope were holding during cop song when the cops were telling about their own brutal methods. Mm -hmm. And Bobby and Hope hold up these signs saying thoughts and prayers. Mm -hmm. That was actually one of my first, one of the first things with listening to cop song. I had this image of my mind of, you know, all of the backs that are turned to the actual horrific things that are mm-hmm. happening in our world, which Cop Song speaks to. Um, that's why everybody else is on stage during that song, but not looking at the action that's happening. They've got their backs turned. Uh, and when they do turn around, it's to say, well, we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. One of the other things I really like is the stick with Emma and the pregnant baby. When the question that comes up, save the child. That's one of my favorite things. It's to only see the production, I think, isn't little Becky. Little yeah, Becky little Becky is normally pregnant. So in this production, she has given birth to Tiny Tom. And that changed because it would have been odd to have two. We thought initially that we would put an apron over myself and that that would uh, be a no one would know, and uh, we realized very quickly that was not going to be the case. And then it was much funnier, in fact, to to loop it in uh, and to use it uh, for some very amusing jokes in the show. There are a lot of physical, there's a lot of physical comedy, and I mean literal slapstick comedy too. Um, I notice, from my perspective, there's some moments that don't always go as planned, but you work into it like. When Hope's spinning around on a chair right in front of me, I'm always laughing. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to pull a cord out of the keyboard. Yeah, no, I came close to the end. Yeah. Uh, but also talking about updates, did we talk about the phones yet? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, a good update that uh, Ryan came up with was in the script, you know, everyone has to pay. Um, but he decided to make it with your phones, like Apple Pay nowadays, to make it to show that it was current and not, you know, some other world or, you know, whatever, that we still had technology and everything, we just had no water. So, I love that update with the Apple Pay, I thought it was so smart. Did anybody notice what the iPads were called? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was one echo, we were talking about updates. There are many echoes, both musically and historically, to me in, in the show. And particularly for us, thinking about a New York audience, people at least my age, and I'm talking about at least 50 or above, would remember Rudy Giuliani when he was mayor of New York and his approach to cleaning up Times Square. So that would have, I think, would have been an echo, particularly for a New York audience. Absolutely not. Yeah. New York, but then there are those of us who went to New York before and after, 
There were times even prior to that, I remember an old folk singer, which you may not, woman named Malvina Reynolds, who did little boxes made of tiki tacky, singing a song and writing a song back in the late 50s, early 60s, about that the reservoirs were drying up in New York City because the landlords wouldn't keep up the plumbing in the tenements and therefore it was all leaking and dripping and that sort of thing and it was actually having an effect on the water table which kept on dropping. So you know, I started picking up these elements that I don't know where these two guys came from, but boy, they, they had a just a wallet full of stuff to bring in and weave into the show that were for their target audience would have been very good. Uh, I can't remember offhand about Greg Cottis, but uh, Mark Hallman was a trombone player for Second City, actually, in oh. Chicago uh, for a while, uh, and toured with them. So he, he improvised and played trombone, and I assume improvised the trombone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're both uh, they're both pretty crazy, and this is they they have both done other projects, but this is their only musical. Well, that explains the orchestration. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I found, I found this show in particular, speaking to the music of it all, um, is one of the hardest ensemble shows to learn. Yes. I still struggle with some of the numbers, actually. Not a whole lot, but... Yeah, and I, I, find, I find it interesting because there's a lot of dissonant chords, and mm -hmm. it's very hard to find your note mm -hmm. in some songs, and mm -hmm. so I find that to be interesting, too, because I think it also speaks to the political climate of the show. The discord there, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. We sound crazy because we are. Yeah, and so it makes it sound very foreboding, and um, I can't think of another good word, but it, it just makes it sound very dark, and I find politics to be very dark. And so even I think the, it fits. Even the lighter music, like that line at the end, but the music's so happy, but the subject matter is not. <laughs> right. So that, you know, that paradigm of the music versus what you're talking about. Right. The lighter. band's doing is happy, the lyrics, not necessarily. Right. <laughs> my ear, I hear a lot of Three Penny Opera, yes. composed by Kurt Vile, who worked with Bertolt Brecht, whose political stance would match up very closely. But you can hear influences in this show from so many other shows. Yes. Mm -hmm. So many other shows. Yeah, does anybody have a complete list of all the references? Or I found an article that was some like a high school or a college theater and somebody wrote a paper and then published put it online that had most of them in it and as soon as I saw the list I went oh 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 I can't look at that oh I can't look at that oh no oh no uh, because I was very aware of every other production and I didn't I didn't want to do sorry uh, I didn't want to do the same old Eurotown um, I was afraid that was influenced by all of the things that are in all of the other things that the show is influenced by that the realistic story that we're telling would suffer. Yeah. Any of you guys catch the references to these shows? Anything jump out at you? 
Several several other people have been replaced, but we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> what I was going to say was that uh, normally Tiny Tom is an adult, just like everybody else in the show, except I guess Little Sally. But Little Sally is always played by an adult, uh, and that was another 
early decision that I made was that I wanted a kid to play Tiny Tom. I wanted him to be Tiny Tim from A Christmas Carol. Uh, and I think, yeah, it brought a, a more like familial. Mm -hmm. Well, especially in this, like, if this really happened, children would be a part of it. Too. Yeah, and be affected by it even worse than some adults in some cases. Yeah. I understand. What do you do with all the diapers? <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I was asking you in general. I also preferred your choice to have a child in in the role of Tiny Tom, and I can't really explain why because I, I don't honestly know why I preferred it, but I do know that it, it added something different to the show, especially with Noah being in the role, but it added something different to the show that was funny and and interesting and, and fun and um, I don't know I just really I, I liked that decision yeah. I think it makes little Becky two shoes more maternal more so I'm just angry all yeah. the time yeah I think so kind of sweetens her up a little bit keep it breath <laughs> I think my favorite line he says is, is when he goes is is he all right I'm like, you're like, oh, my heart. I think, too, like, the, really good, Noah. And, like, the rehearsal process, too, it started out with him being like, okay, Kimberlyn, you're his mother. You are the one to, like, take care of him and stuff. And as the show progressed, now we all are a family. And we're all like, come on, Noah. Imagine singing. Oh, yeah. Lauren will sit and go, don't be the bunny. 
something like uh, oh, I'm thinking, I'm Waiting for Government or A Mighty Wind or Best in Show or something like that, that it's the same kind of thing for musical theater, that that they might enjoy it from that aspect. So it's, you know, come to the theater or anything. I will say all I had to do was tell my friend the name of the the show was You're in Town, and now her dad is coming with her. So <laughs> <laughs> I love the, oh, I'm in You're in Town. You're in Town? No, no. <laughs> 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 and then for a third time, like just to make sure, like a double checking, they'll be like, "You're in N town," and you like put those together, and I'm like, "Yes, you're in town." P town, like. <laughs> 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 Not that one. Yeah, I just say there came a point where I had to say to someone. I was like, it's called You're in Town. They're like, you're in town? I was like, no, you're in town. And she was like, wait, you mean? It's like, yes. Like, <laughs> I think we have all had that experience. <laughs> the original, I think it's the original poster, has the like phonetic spelling yeah. under yeah. the title. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's just more confusing. <laughs> it was, I, I know what you're talking about. It was a picture and it was the phonetic spelling and then underneath it, someone had like, it was like, it was as if, if it was written in marker and they had said, just say it already or something like that. I actually have had a lot of people wanting to cover this show, whether they have come or haven't come yet. And I think it's because they, they think the title is funny. Yes. But Noah learned what dramedy meant yes. the other night yep. backstage. Um, it, it's a, there's drama in it too. So I actually had some younger girls that I work with, I do summer camp with, um, come and watch me last night and they're, you know, 18 year old or whatever. So I hope that they also got something from the drama side mm -hmm. of it and not just the comedy. Um, yes, the title is funny. It's about pee. But people come see the show and say, <coughs> oh, this is happening in real life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and make choices based on that. Nobody has anything else? Uh, I have something. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, um, when this show first started, I did real good at what, well, probably one of you just saw it. If, maybe you saw it on June the 14th, 
have you seen this video? I'm I'm afraid you saw this video on Facebook with with my good friend Gary Posey and uh, a picture of him and uh, all that thing where it says subscribe, like, uh, and with me. Mentioned, uh, mentioned Gary, so I guess we should mention our, our missing cast member. He had to get out of here today, uh, but our founder, Gary Posey, played Hot Blades Harry, and Mr. McQueen got played Gary. Got played, got Glades Gary is what I wanted to call him, <laughs> and just have him with Glade plugins. <laughs> <laughs> installment in ETC's 2019 season, Identity. You're in Town was my first experience directing a musical, and I'd like to thank everyone for sharing it with me, especially our incredibly talented band, the cast, Eva, Jake, Jessica, and you. Who? Me? No, Kyle. The audience. Oh. Moving on. ETC's next production marks the return of our Brave New Works play series with Rob Smith's Dust. ETC's production of Dust features original music by local composer Tim Henson Hink and a cast of ensemble veterans. Get your tickets online before midnight, July 14th, and use promo code EARLYBUY at checkout and save $5 per ticket. Sharing the Experience is the official podcast of Ensemble Theater of Chattanooga. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe on iTunes for the latest episodes.